I'm Terry Taylor, and this is the Interior Design Business Academy podcast. As an interior designer, you may be thinking, I love what I do, but I am so overworked and underpaid. Let me tell you, I've been there too. I spent many years learning from my own mistakes and developing proven strategies and systems to make interior design a profitable career while keeping it fun and creative. So now I'm here to help you get paid what you're worth. If you're ready for some straight talk about how design business really works and you're ready to break through old belief systems that are holding you back and shift into beliefs that support your goals and bring lasting success, you are in the right place. So you've got a good design practice, a steady stream of the right kind of ideal client coming through, people that are cool to work with and have adequate budgets and can make good decisions quickly, <laughs> you know, the kind of people you'd really like to work with. And, you know, and they keep flowing in. You've got it rolling. Everything's working really well. And your jobs are consistently profitable. Now, in my book, that means that you paid yourself and all the others that it took to do that job for every single hour they did, and you have money left over, okay? That's the profit part. And you know what you need to do for marketing as well. You've got that piece down pretty well, so it cycles through, that repeats, and brings you the kind of clients you want because it's continuous and it's consistent. It never stops. It never stops when you get really busy and have your head down for a long time. So you have all of this going, a good paycheck, fun, creative jobs, marketing that works, and (laughs) absolutely no time for yourself. Absolutely buried in it. I know this, I've been here. I, I know exactly what happens. Right. In fact, most of you are spending most of your time putting out fires, right? Fixing things daily, even hourly, right? It's very, very hard to get anything going in terms of growing your business and that sort of thing when your time is completely full of just fixing things. In fact, very often I talk to designers who, and I say, well, what are you doing for marketing? And say, I can't market. I don't have time. I, don't, I can't get there, right? It's it's because you're putting out fires all the time. You know, there was a time when I was doing big installations where I would visualize flaming baseballs flying at me, and my job was to hit every single one of them out of the park. And you know what? I did. I managed to do it, but I ended up exhausted, absolutely exhausted at the end of the, at the end of the install, however long, however many days that took to get that big project in. And, and it's, it's just diminishing to, to work that way. You feel like you can't get anywhere. It's just overwhelming. You know, in Sam Carpenter's book, it's called Work the System, which is one of my favorites about this particular subject. Um, he's got something he calls whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole like in the carnival game where the, the moles pop out of the table and you take the mallet and you whack them. And, and it's fun at first. You got this one, I get that one, and I got that one, and I got that one, and it gets a little faster, and I got that one, and I got that one. And then suddenly, suddenly it's just overwhelming. There's just too many, too fast. It's coming at you too fast and you just can't do it anymore and you collapse and give up. 
that's what happens in a design business to, to many of us. It is just so overwhelming to try to get in control of all those things that, that, you know, there's just time for nothing else and it takes over your life. <laughs> it takes over your time with your, your family. It takes over your time for yourself. There's just nothing left but trying to control all this stuff. And you know what I'm talking about. You've been there. And you know what? The solution to all the chaos, the chaos and the stress is simply systems and processes. Now, most people say, how can that be? And I don't have any systems. I don't know what systems are. Well, you know what? Actually, you do. And let me, let me start with this one. This is, I like, I like this as illustration because most all of us has done this. Um, there is a way that you can get your children up out of bed and make sure everybody has breakfast and everybody has lunch and everybody has their homework and everybody's dressed and you're dressed and, and makeup and hair and all the things that you knew and you get out of the door by 8.30 on time consistently day after day. Why does that happen? You have a system, okay? You know you know that at 7 o'clock somebody hasn't shown up for breakfast, you better go check on them, right? You're able to jump into the process along the way because you have benchmarks to know where something should be at this point. You don't have to wait till it's 8.30 to get in the car and find out someone never got up, right? So there's checks and balances all the way through that system in order to to make that work. And, and you do it all the time. And it's kind of a natural, it's the natural outcome of, of working and kids going to school and everybody has to get out of the house and do the things they're doing. A system is what holds it together. So that you know at any given time if you're on time or not and if you've got everything done and you know how long it takes to do all those things. And so there's a timing piece in there too. Now, most, most designers don't realize that their business runs exactly the same way. There are things going on, things that you repeat, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully you do it the same way time after time that, that let you, um, let go of having to watch every minute so that you have some checks and balances in that system so that you can actually do, actually get, get done and do what you need to do within your job. Okay. So, so this can be a really, um, important shift into your next level of business. This is actually what our structure program is about. And, you know, in, in growth, we get you really busy and we get you know, the right clients, the right marketing. You get all that stuff going. You get all that rolling. But the result of it is that it creates so much. So much to do, so much chaos, so many fires, so many things that can happen. And as you know, Murphy's Law of Design says that if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. Of course it will. It's not if, it's when, right? So when when you start developing some systems underneath you, um, that starts to calm down. That starts to, you start to get a little more feel of what's really happening. Okay. So, you know, the next question really is, is what is it that I make systems about? Right? It's like, I, <laughs> okay, I got a system at home to get everybody out the door on time, but I don't seem to have any systems in my business. Well, perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. Most people do and don't realize it. Um, but it, it, it results in, in having to take a look at what's really going on in your business and how you do things. 
okay? Say like what? Well, you could start with, with how do you do discovery calls, okay? Do you just answer the phone willy-nilly, hoping that you're standing on the right foot when that call comes in? Or do you... Do you plan it in such a way that the person who wants the discovery call has to make an appointment with you, um, therefore establishing value in what you're doing? And do you have an assessment form that they get to fill out first that lets you know more about who they are, okay, and what they're looking for and, and whether they're, they're really qualified or not? Okay. There's many, you know, many ways to do that, but, but having a system in front of you to do that so that when the call comes in, you're ready for it and prepared and in a place where you can talk clearly and move forward and actually, um, close that call into a first appointment. Um, that has a lot to do with how your business works. Okay. That's just a very simple system in the beginning. How you do first appointments. Okay. What, what's the plan? Are they paid? Are they unpaid? Um, what does someone have to do to get you to come there? I mean, you have to realize that uh, getting you out of your studio and to somebody's house is a big hunk of time for you. There's drive time and then there's time as well doing it. So how does that get planned into your week? When do you do that? And how do you offer that to clients? And what do you offer? And if it's a paid appointment, how do they pay it? What's the process for that? As you look at these things, and you look at these things you do um, just as a basic thing, and then look at it as, how does that happen? And and how could it happen better? You know, or, you know, does that happen at all? You know, there's all of, all of those pieces in there. You know, you could think about writing offers for, you know, for a letter of agreement. How is it that you determine what it is you're going to write the offer on? And how do you do a letter of agreement? And is there a template form? And is there consistency in the way you do it? And how do you choose what the client's saying to write the letter of agreement on? Because sometimes it's not all of it. Sometimes it's just scraggly bits and pieces that, that don't really hook together. So how do you, how do you get to that part? Okay. That's a system. That's a really important system along the way when you think about it. You know, how much of what that client said gets into the scope and how much do you leave out because they weren't really definite about it and it probably should be an upsell later on after you get started. Okay. How do you determine that? That's, that's an important piece. And what kind of boundaries do you want to put in these things? We always want to, to be careful not to write a letter of agreement that says, you know, I'm going to design your living room and I don't care how long it takes you to make decisions or do this. I'll stick with you through thick or thin through the whole thing. That could go on for years. People like to play with a decorator, remember? Uh, so there, there's a system around that as well. Now, this sort of stuff is what we find in the, in the structure program that that we run here at IDBA. I mean, it's becoming really aware of what this platform is behind you that needs to be stabilized so that it could actually run without you, leaving you to do the stuff that, that A, you enjoy doing, and B, that creates the income, because you're the rainmaker. Absolutely you are. So how do you do design process? 
This is a big one for most designers. How, what is your process? This, this is incredibly important when you're going to sell a job because you need to be able to tell your client what's going to happen. How are you going to do this? How are you going to get from this first appointment where we're talking about what you want to actually um, manifesting it? Right? What is the process? What, what is their expectation of what you're doing? And you need to have that in a written form, quite frankly, um, and simplified down so you can explain to somebody what's going to happen first and what's going to happen next and what happens after that and what happens when it's time to purchase. All of those things, the more of that that's laid out in advance with a client, the more likely when you get to the purchasing meeting, we just purchase, you know, and you complete the job the way you wanted it. You know, all of that is part of systems and it can hold you in place um, beautifully and start taking the stress out of what you're doing if some of that stuff is clarified and defined. So along with that, along with that is to look at your side, not just how the process affects the client on the other side of the table, but then how does it affect you, um, you know, in the, in the back end? How many meetings are you going to give this client? They need to know that. Okay. And you need to know that for your planning. How many selections are you going to make available for this letter of agreement? Okay. It isn't 22. Okay, that's not it. You know, that's not it. Um, we know, we know from looking at this, you know, critically and defining it that, you know, a $50,000 living room could be done in three appointments, maybe four at the most, but three would be plenty. Okay, how do you get there? And how do you tell the client that that's how we're going to do this? Because if you don't tell them that how we're going to do this, this could meander on forever, right? So we don't want to to invite clients to run our jobs, okay? It's not up to them to say what's first and what's second, okay? And very often they will try to or they'll push on it. And having a strong process to say, no, this is how we do this. This will get you there faster if we do it this way. Um, that is a, is a far better piece, far better way to handle your clients and get those expectations in. And then, you know, in the back end, what are the deliverables? Um, in a design job, what are you, what, what is the deliverable? I mean, is it a space plan? Is it working construction drawings? Is it a rendering? Is it several of those? Um, what, what do these people get? Okay. Is it a list of, of what you're purchasing? Um, you know, this being defined about those pieces is how you create confidence in the client when you're talking about what you're going to do and, and essentially selling the job. This kind of confidence and knowing what your system is and being able to explain it and even put it on paper is really incredibly important in capturing those, those bigger jobs and that moving up market piece. That, that really needs to be there. And let's go a little further into the production side of your business. Uh, let's talk about purchasing. 
how does purchasing work? I mean, there's a definition of purchasing that um, needs to be defined in your letter of agreement. There's another definition of purchasing that's in the purchase proposals when you go to do this. There's um, a whole back-end piece to purchasing, as you know, huge piece in terms of defining what it is, creating creating the images to to explore that and explain that, to pull all the pricing on that. Um, takes forever, right? It takes forever. And it's not. And doing it yourself is not the solution. I mean, that's why, that's why you're so stressed is you've got all of that on top of you besides managing all the fires that come up along the way. So having this process in place, having your purchasing processes in place are really important. Um, and that is often one of the first pieces that you need to define when you're putting organizational software into your business. Any of those organizational software pieces for designers are malleable to create your particular process for purchasing. How are you going to do it? What are the rules? How often does it get followed up? When do the purchase orders get created? Who tracks those? Who who runs that pricing in the first place? Who creates the invoices? Who creates the POs and sends them out? Um, that whole piece of your business is a very important piece to define because without without a process attached to it, it takes a ton of time. You're constantly, constantly chasing down little stuff instead of getting it all put together in one place. So all of those, all of those things are really, really incredible incredibly important to running your business smoothly. And as your business runs smoothly, you start creating more time for yourself and you start creating more profitability as well. Now, what we know is that that 20% of your efforts creates 80% of your profit. Right? I'll say that again. 20% of what you're doing in running that business creates 80% of the profit that comes through it. Okay, so it becomes incredibly important to start defining on what is it that I, what is it that I do that creates the money? Where's the rainmaker part? And what is the back end part that just administration filling in, um, sequencing? How does that, how does that work? Okay, when you can get into that, when you've got the time to take a breath from the fires and get into to looking at how all of that works, your business starts um, evolving into the next level, quite frankly. This this is the next level up from the, the busy, busy, crazy, you know, I can hardly keep my hands on it. Um, this is the next level up, is defining what all this stuff is so that it can be followed. Um, one of the, one of the problems that, that many designers have in, in getting this busy, 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 they hire somebody to help them, but there's no definition of what that person's supposed to do. So what happens is the person has to ask the designer every day, what am I supposed to be doing? Or the designer goes to work thinking, what will I, what will I have her do today? How am I going to keep her busy? That's not the way to run a successful business. That's actually how to run yourself into the ground. That's <laughs> right. So, so there's a whole different way of, of approaching this that has much more organization behind it. That's really important. A lot of these systems we have here in the, in the, the systems side of our structure program. Um, a lot of stuff that we've written and shared and developed and put in there. Um, and not that, 
that we should write your systems, but we can certainly give you the template for it because everybody does things a little bit differently. And, you know, if it works for you, don't fix it, of course. But there's an overall system and template that needs to be in place that's going to organize this stuff beyond your software that's really, really important. Okay. And, you know, probably the first step the first step in developing a system in your business is to get design software. That is the organizational stuff. Okay. I know you've already got CAD and chief architect and that sort of thing. That's actually in the, in the production part of what you're putting out on the other end. What I'm talking about is how you run all of this stuff in the middle so that you're not consumed by minutiae day after day and one fire after another. Right. So, you know, think about some of this stuff beyond purchasing. Then there's the installation part. How does an installation work? When do you tell the client that we're ready to do this? What do you tell the client that they need to do before you get there? What is the expectation you set for the client? Right. What, what do they expect to happen? And, um, from the beginning, a, a lot of clarity about whether you're going to install this as a, a big install and make a big wow reveal out of this, or you're going to piecemeal it out in little pieces, which I wouldn't recommend. Not the thing that we want you to be doing. So this whole installation piece becomes a very important thing. You know, when you're doing, um, construction or, or installations that require um, workmen to do it, like paper hanging, for instance. What's your process? Do you always arrive there first and, and have a little meeting with them before you get started so you make sure he's on cue? Or do you send him over there and get him started and then you visit? Or you let him do it all and then you come in and, and essentially bless it at the end and say, oh, is it wonderful? What's your process? What do you, what do, you do? How does that work? Because I have to tell you, as soon as you start hiring people, they need to know what that process is so that they don't have to ask you every little thing. Right? The, the key to getting out of that is, is having these written systems so that they know what they to do. If they have a question, they can go look at, at your SOP, your standard operating procedure, to define that one, to understand what it is they should be doing. The more they can do that and the more they can understand that and then start reflecting back at you at where the question is in that whole sequence. Because if there is a question in the sequence, then you can define it a little more. They can put in the answer into that SOP and you're, you're even further along. So you can see how, how these, these systems build on themselves. Um, it's a, it's kind of a fun, it's kind of a fun process as you're running through it. You know, you think about how construction jobs work. How is that different than a furniture job? It's entirely different. So what's the process? How does that work? What are the deliverables? What do you hand off? You know, what do you have to do and what can when your team do? There's all of those pieces in there. A remodeling job's a little different than that even still. How often are you on site? What did you put into the letter of agreement in terms of support? All of, all of that stuff gets written into systems so that you don't have to sit there and go, I wonder what to do every time, that you have a written process for doing this stuff. And that carries you through probably 80% of the, of the kind of fires and stuff that you're getting now where you have to go figure it out every time and resolve it and, and try to make it, try to keep it under control. Really, really 
important stuff here. Now, when you think about process for providing services for people, you know, that you want to, you want to start putting your hat on, your owner's hat on. Okay. And the other stuff I'm talking about is production. It's the way that we create the stuff that we sell to people. Okay. That is essentially our product, the design service, the drawings, the renderings, the purchasing, the, the furniture, the installation, the wow, the hanging of draperies. All of that piece is production as part of what we're selling to the client. But when you put your business owner hat on, there's even more because really you need to be looking at, at other things that are really important to your business, like marketing. How is that working? And is it working? Um, having a few, a few benchmarks along the way to know where you're at and know whether you're, whether it's working or not. How about finance? You know, I say, what's finance in my business? Well, it's how you handle the money. Okay. This can be a very important thing because as you start making more money, there's more bills, there's more turn. Um, it, it can seem like you have a lot and often you don't. So you, you know, it's often earmarked for a whole bunch of different places. How do you handle that? Okay, that's a really important piece is how do you handle the money? How do you make sure that that there's enough there for payroll every two weeks or however often you're doing it? You know, you then you must do it. Okay. You can't you can't cheat on that one. Okay. How do you make sure that you've got enough to set aside for taxes? How do you know that if you've got product that you haven't prepaid, that you have that money stashed somewhere so you can pay those bills when you hit that part? All of that stuff. All of that stuff needs to be figured out once, written down, and then you don't worry about it anymore. It's in a, in a process or a system that, that's actually producing what it is you want. So you don't have to. You just need to check on pieces now and then. Okay. That's a really important piece. You know, running your business by looking at the checking account in the morning and seeing if there's any money in it is a really risky way to run a business. Okay. It's not, it's, it's very deceiving. Um, and, and having a processes where you make sure that money gets put away for all the things you need so that you know where you stand all the time is incredibly important. Right. Now, the question is, you know, where do you begin in all this, right? Well, I just started writing down what I knew, okay? And it was very basic to begin with. Um, I knew how we ran through a process of developing a job. That was probably the first thing I wrote for IDBA. It was a process of taking apart my studio and saying, all right, how do we do this? How do we make this work? Taking that part and writing it down. And then any time that I needed to teach my assistant something about how to do something, I had her write that down. Okay, so that made another SOP, standard operating procedure. Uh, eventually, you develop a pile of these things. This is how we do this. This is how we do that. So this. Eventually, you get into the mode of having to organize all that. And once you get into organize it and put it into a, essentially like a table of contents of all these pieces, which we have here in our structure program, by the way, I make that a little easier. When you start logging all those things into the framework, then you start seeing what you don't have. Okay, you can see what you do have. Great, I got this big chunk over here. I got nothing over here. Oh, all right. Well, then let's start on, start writing those things. 
Um, what's happened, what's happened through the years to me and, and my businesses is that the fires start writing the SOPs. So we think we got this down and then something blows up. Always does, right? Murphy's law of design. <laughs> it's going to happen. It, 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 it's, it's, it has to happen, right? It, there's no, it, there's no if about it. But when you have one of those fires, you can, you can actually focus on writing uh, a solution. Well, if we did it this way and put this into the process, then that wouldn't happen. We'd have many fewer clients calling, yeah, what would happen to them? Okay, there are ways to avoid that and, and get in front of it because you have process in place where your assistants or your team are actually doing those things. Okay, so the idea here is that to get to a point where the system runs the business, Okay. And you don't have to be on top of it, controlling every little move all the time. Now, I know that that speaks to the control issues in all of us because we're all pretty perfectionist and, and try to control every little thing. But you've got to realize that once you write those pieces and you get them in place, others actually do a really good job. And, and what happens out of it? Um, well, you have way few fires to put out. You spend way less time fixing problems, okay, which gives you more time personally to, to make more income, okay? If you can focus on the tasks that you do that bring in that 80% of the income, okay, if you can, if you can get your 20% of time creates 80% of income, if you could do those 20% of the time things 60% of your day, um, and you're working on things like that, your business is going to grow exponentially and your time demand will go down, which is a very, very cool. So, you know, our goal in the structure program is always that we're going to get this set up. We're going to get a team and a systems and processes in, in place so that you, the designer, could go on a three-week vacation and never answer a text or look at an email that you know everything's going to run and everything's fine and the money will keep flowing and the clients will be happy and the jobs will get done and you have freedom and time okay as well as a really good income so that is my goal and my wish for you so till next time design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Interior Design Business Podcast. If you love what you're learning, head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com and book a clarity call. This is the perfect way to chat with one of our coaches about where you are in your business and what your next best step needs to be to make your design business profitable and enjoyable. As always, you can head over to interiordesignbusinessacademy.com to check out the links and resources from this episode. So until next week, Design something beautiful and get paid what you're worth.